right, everyone. Welcome back to the Generation 2300 podcast with Anna Morton. I know it's been a while, but I'm back, and I'd like to wish you a happy Hanukkah is fulfilled prophecy. (laughs) Um, I've missed looking at Bible prophecy with you guys. So, as you can probably guess, this year we're celebrating Hanukkah. Uh, Very much like total Gentile newbies, of course, but we've got a menorah, we've made some challah, and we're going to try some latkes. Um, This holiday has scrumptious food. Um, I also love the other name of this holiday, called the Festival of Lights, because I already loved the idea of the extra lights that we put up at Christmas to illuminate the deepest dark of winter. Um, But I was definitely fuzzy on the details of this Jewish winter holiday. So, what and why is Hanukkah? Here's a brief bit of the what. So, in the 160s BC, a particularly ruthless Greek ruler and the villain of this history, Antiochus IV, or Antiochus Epiphanes, set out to Hellenize, otherwise described as Greek culturize the Jews in Israel, which were already under Greek control at that time. Um, The culture part went without too much of a hitch, but when they attempted to add Greek gods to the one god of Israel, that was a step too far, um, especially when they used force to achieve that. And then ransacking the temple and sacrificing a pig, an unclean animal, on the altar, that didn't help either to use the art of understatement. So um, this is where the Maccabees come in. Uh, it was a father and five sons who, actually about three of the sons who led a series of battles that successfully threw off the very tight grip of their Greek conquerors and allowed them to continue to worship in the temple. And this is why the word Hanukkah was and is used. In Hebrew, it means dedication, and uh, when they went to sanctify the temple, there was only enough of the sanctified oil, which was needed to rededicate the temple after being defiled by an animal which was unclean, according to Jewish law, enough oil to burn for one day, when it needed to be burned for eight days, according to the law. Well, it did burn for eight days, hence the eight-day celebration of lights and the menorah. So now to a bit of the why of Hanukkah. Um, To me, looking into it, it seems that much of the significance of Hanukkah has been lost, especially when I look at Hallmark movies. Anyway, we won't go there. Um, But there are a couple of things that are pretty well known, um, enough that I knew them anyway. There was the victory of the Maccabee brothers, and then there was the miracle of oil, and thus the celebration of lights. Um, But one thing I didn't know much about was the fact that Jesus celebrated Hanukkah. It was called the Feast of Dedication in the Bible. In John 9 and 10, it's pretty clear that Jesus Christ is supposed to be the eternal perfect light in the spiritual darkness. Um, At the time of Hanukkah, he proclaims himself to be the light of the world. 
he was in Jerusalem for the Feast of Dedication for Hanukkah when he said that. Uh, to quote John 9, um, he said, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Now it was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. That's all in John chapter 9, or 10, 10, 10. And we see that his reference to himself as the light of the world, pictured in his giving sight to a blind man, gives the greatest significance of all to the celebration of light in the midst of darkness at Hanukkah. It's the spiritual darkness of both Israel and the whole world which Christ dispels with the light of truth and of life. Remember that John also said, In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness. That was in chapter 1. So light's a major theme in the book of John. Christ as the light. And now to the last why of Hanukkah, perhaps the most pertinent aspect of it to a blog of this sort is that Hanukkah was very clearly fulfilled Bible prophecy. Ta-da! Um, so in the often overlooked eighth chapter of Daniel, God told him rather a lot about a little horn that grew up to be a very large horn who took away sacrifices and cast down God's sanctuary before he was broken and the sanctuary was cleansed. Now, not only does this prophecy describe the events and the actors of Hanukkah some 400 or so years beforehand, um, but it tells us that the little horn would be Greek before there was even a Greece. So here's a quick look at what the Bible tells us about the people and events of Hanukkah. Now, I would recommend you go look, uh, check out the blog, you know, gen2300.com. See this in a list form. It's easier to keep it in your head, but I'll read them to you here. Um, in chapter 8, verse 21, Daniel wrote, And the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. In 821b, he wrote, The large horn that is between its eyes of the goat is the first king which we now know as Alexander the Great. In verse 22, he wrote, As for the broken horn and the four that stood up in its place, four kingdoms shall arise out of that nation, which we can now look back and see were the four generals who took over four parts of Alexander's divided empire after he died. I will mangle these names, but they are uh, Ptolemy, Lysimachus, Asander and Seleucus, Seleucus, um, there we go. In verse 9, uh, he wrote, And out of one of them came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great, toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. This, we can see, is Antiochus IV, who was of the Seleucid kingdom, which was ruled by Seleucus at first, Seleucus. <clears throat> and he launched campaigns of conquest in Egypt, which was south, Medo-Persia, which is east, where he was in Syria, and Israel, 
which in the Bible would be called the beautiful land. Then in verses 23 through 25, he wrote, And in the latter time of their kingdom, a king shall arise, having fierce features, and he shall exalt himself in his heart. And then verse 11 says, And by him daily sacrifices were taken away, and the place of his sanctuary, God's sanctuary, was cast down. Uh, which he, quote, trampled underfoot. So this describes when Antiochus plundered the temple and Jerusalem. And in 25b, he said, Daniel said, he would destroy, he shall destroy many. So this probably refers to Antiochus IV's attempt to annihilate the Jews altogether. And then in um, 25b, uh, Daniel wrote of, of the little horn, he shall even rise against the prince of princes, which is probably referring to the Lord. Um, and is the name of Antiochus, Epiphanes, that name mean is a Greek word that's usually used in reference to glorious appearances of deity. And coin, even coins from his rule in, in um, Israel even depict him as Zeus and have the inscription, quote, of King Antiochus, God manifest, victory bearer. So he thought rather highly of himself. And then lastly, in verse 14, um, Daniel wrote, then the sanctuary will be cleansed. So this sounds very much like the rededication of the temple by the Maccabees. So, we see that Hanukkah is really one long string of fulfilled prophecies. I mean, it's an unfamiliar, I don't know, familiar story to a lot of people. And so it may seem like a minor chapter in the catalog of Bible prophecies, perhaps also because the events themselves are not actually recorded in Scripture, which is prophesied. They are in extra-biblical writings, like books 1-4 through four of the Maccabees, but um, I mean, like all prophecies in the Bible, it's about the character of God. His character is on the line when he gives prophecies. And so, if these things didn't happen, as Daniel would told that they, was told that they would, then, one, God would either be wrong or mistaken, and two, all the other prophecies that he's made would be in doubt. But, looking at history, we know that's not the case. One, because God himself told us these things would happen, which should be enough because he's God. But for those of us who need even extra confirmation, uh, number two, these things are documented in extra biblical sources. Um, for example, the books of 1 through 4 Maccabees and the historian Josephus even references Hanukkah. And then there's archaeology, like the coin I mentioned of Antiochus IV. I mean, these things, these events are so confirmed that people try to say that Daniel didn't actually write the book of Daniel, that it had to have been written after the events and historical circumstances they describe. They're so accurate. Um, so, what are the implications of these prophecies being fulfilled and being reliable?
I mean, why does it matter if we know why Hanukkah is celebrated? Because it means that God keeps his promises. Not only those uh, geopolitical ones that concern empires and kings, but the ones that also reach every human soul in history. I mean, the biblical account of Christmas is also one long string of fulfilled prophecies. It's about God providing and being a savior of the world. Um, if Daniel 8 and Hanukkah are fiction or incorrectly fulfilled prophecies, then how can we trust that God will save those who trust in Jesus Christ? Because he says people will be saved if they trust in Jesus Christ alone. So uh, to finish, I'd like to quote from this article written by Jerry R. Lancaster and R. Jerry Overstreet um, called Jesus' Celebration of Hanukkah in John 10. They write, uh, The feast has deeper significance than a mere reminder of a historical event. Christ's testimony at Hanukkah and its place in the Gospel of John, which stresses the theme of light, is a testimony to Christians that Hanukkah emphasizes his great work of providing salvation to a spiritually blind world. Satan, through Antiochus Epiphanes, had planned to destroy God's word and his people through assimilation and annihilation. Had he been successful, there would have been no more Jewish people, no Messiah to come, no Christmas, and most tragically of all, no Calvary. Men and women would forever be lost in sin, without hope. And so a great miracle did happen there. It's not a cruise of oil, but God's preservation of his people and his faithfulness to the messianic promise that continues to give true significance to Hanukkah today. That makes me so excited to celebrate Hanukkah. Um, and I would highly, highly recommend this article. It has a really detailed and documented background on the celebration of Hanukkah and its history. Fascinating. You can read the PDF um, in a link that is in the blog. And I'll try to post it here um, under the podcast. So um, now I'd like to wish you a happy Feast of Dedication, happy Festival of Lights, and happiest of Hanukkahs. And one last note before I actually sign off. Um, <clears throat> since this is a blog about the prophecies to come, um, the prophecies we just looked at are past, but we're looking forward to the ones that are coming, which are just as sure. Daniel was told that the prophecies connected to Hanukkah were concerning the time of the end, and that was in the second century BC. I mean, just think how close we are now. It seems like a long time, but I want to remind you, long time since then, I want to remind you what Second Peter 3 tells us. That the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, remember, you can find me um, at Generation2300, the handle, on Spotify and Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts. I have some videos on Rumble and YouTube, and I have a Telegram channel. I do most of my posting on Instagram, where you'll find me at anna.gen2300, um, where I 
post, try to post about God's truly amazing promises that I'm always finding in his word. So thanks again for listening, and I will hopefully catch you next time, unless the rapture comes first. Thank you.